0: Hi, and welcome back to 1 Samuel chapter 15 in the Old Testament podcast, verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek. Amalek's the Amalekites were descendants of Esau, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not. Both slay, slay both men, but slay both men and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them, and tlay them two hundred thousand footmen and ten thousand men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites. Go depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. And he, for ye showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to shore that is over against Egypt. And he took Agar, Agag, the son of or the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed utterly. Saul kills all except the king Agag, and he keeps the best of their spoil. Now this was against the commandment that Samuel had given him. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, I have set up Saul to be a king, and he repented, repenteth not that he hath sinned, for he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set up a place, and is gone about, and passed on, and gone down to Gilgal. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stop or stay, I will tell you. I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, and sheep sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Thus viewed the command to excuse the ban upon Amalek, or to execute the ban upon Amalek was the second and final test of Saul's fitness for being king over God's people. The character of this kingdom had been clearly explained by Samuel at Gilgal in his address to king and people. There is evidently an internal connection between the first... And this And this second and final trial of Saul, the former had brought to light his want of faith and even of simple obedience, and it had been a test of his moral qualification for the kingdom. This second was the test of his moral qualification for being king as this as the first trial, so to speak, developed him. It developed into the second, so Saul's want of moral justification had ripened into absolute disqualification, and as the former trial determined the fate of his line, so this second decided his own as king. After the first trial, his line was rejected. After the second, his own standing as theocratic king ceased. As God appointed king, he was henceforth rejected. Jehovah withdrew the sanction which he had formerly given to the reign by the aid of his power and the presence of his spirit. Henceforth, the spirit of Jehovah departed from Saul, and he was left in the judgment of God to the influence of that evil spirit, to whom his natural disposition and the circumstances of his position had laid him specially open. That was by Edersheim. Verse 22, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And so I repeat, do not let pride stand in your way. The way of the gospel is a simple way. Some of the requirements may appear to you as elementary and unnecessary. Do not spurn them. Humble yourself and walk in obedience. I promise that the results that follow will be marvelous to behold and satisfying to experience. That was by Gordon B. Hinckley. Self-justification is the enemy of repentance. God's spirit continues with the honest in heart to strengthen, to help, and to save. But invariably, the Spirit of God ceases to strive with the man who who excuses himself in his wrongdoing. Practically, all dishonesty owes its existence and growth to this inward distortion we call self-justification. It is the first, the worst, and the most insidious and damaging form of cheating to cheat oneself. And that's by President Kimball. Verse 24, And Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Saul is not repentant, but is trying to blame others for his sin. President Benson said, We can choose to humble ourselves by conquering enmity toward our brothers and sisters, esteeming them as ourselves and lifting them as high or higher than we are. We can choose to humble ourselves by receiving counsel and chastisement. We can choose to humble ourselves by forgiving those who have offended us. We can choose to humble ourselves by rendering selfless service. We can choose to humble ourselves by going on missions and preaching the word that can humble others. We can choose to humble ourselves by getting to the temple more frequently. We can choose to humble ourselves by confessing and forsaking our sins and being born of God. We can choose to humble ourselves by loving God, submitting our will to His, and putting Him first in our lives. Let us choose to be humble. We can do it. I know we can. That was by President Benson. 25. Now therefore I pray thee, pardon my sin, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent or was torn. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel, or the Lord, will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people, and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. So Samuel turned again after Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Then then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came unto him delicately or gladly. And Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord rent the kingdom from Saul, whom he had made king over Israel. The Amalekites were old Israelite enemies, and their punishment had long been foretold. Saul's failure to carry out the word of God with exactness and honor caused the Lord to reject him as the king of Israel. Saul's excuse that he had saved the best to sacrifice was simply not acceptable, even if it were true. As Samuel said, to obey is better than sacrifice, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. The root of Samuel's problem is here revealed. Saul had been called because of his humility. Now he trusted in his own wisdom and did not look to God. Saul's repentance was too late and very short-lived. This second violation was essentially the same sin of disobedience he had been guilty of before. Had Saul's repentance been deep and sincere, the second incident would never have happened. As the Lord warned in modern times, but unto, this, unto that soul who sinneth, after the Lord has forgiven him, shall the former sins return. And that was out of the Institute Manual. So that's the end of chapter 15. Come back next time and we'll see what happens. Bye.